do a few more pull-ups and a few more push-ups and keep that plank going and Good. more squats. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Nurse Surgery Podcast. I'm Mike Wang, and I'm here with my co-host, Jake P. Colson. We are here to discuss all things neurosurgical. Hi, this is J.P. Colson, a resident in neurosurgery at Rush University. Please note that this is not a CME event, and the opinions and statements made in this podcast do not reflect those of any institution or professional organization. Now, let's get started. So today's guest is Nelson Elyasiku, and Nelson really needs no introduction, but uh, Nelson, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a professor of neurosurgery at Emory, and you are also the editor of the Red Journal, which is one of our major publications. Tell us about yourself. Sure. So I'm a professor of neurosurgery and, and medicine um, in, with special emphasis on endocrinology at Emory because my major focus is in pituitary medicine, pituitary surgery. Um, and I've been at Emory, boy, it's closing in on 30 years, including time for training and, and so forth. And wow. I also direct the, the uh, residency training program, which... Uh, as you know, is important for training the next generation. So, you know, a lot of people have heard your story. I have, maybe some of our listeners haven't, about, you know, your upbringing and how, I mean, it's a a fascinating story about where where you've come from and how you've gotten here. Right. So I I started out in Nigeria where I was born and had my um, fundamental education and medical school. And then I went to England and I trained in England um, at the University of London before coming to the States to actually formally pursue neurosurgical training. Hmm. And started out on the, um, on, on the East Coast in New England, um, where I did my uh, general surgical training and a fellowship in neurosurgery. And then uh, started um, PGY2, or the second year of training um, at Emory, through when I graduated from the residency training program. And uh, during, during training, I, I sort of did a segue and, and went into the neuroscience program at Emory and got a PhD in neuroscience, uh, studying trophic factors and how they help the nervous system develop and, and repair itself. And then started my, um, my career on the faculty and focused on pituitary tumors and neuroendocrinology. And so I've been there since then, and we've... we've um, evolved and gotten better as time has gone, gone, gone by. Yeah. It sounds like even you personally, even in those early stages, you went through several phases yes. in your development towards yes. your eventual career. Right, yes. Yeah, I mean, it was one of these things where it's like sailing, you know, you, you, you don't go straight right into it, you sort of tackle left and tack mm. right, but in general you're proceeding forward, so... So we wanted to ask you these questions because we could talk about anything. I know you are an expert in so many things, and you could talk about politics or religion, and you know it's it's so fascinating. But you have had these different aspects of your life where you reinvented yourself, and I know the 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 one that comes to mind for me is this undertaking of the Red Journal when you took over from Mike Papuzo, and you reinvented yourself. And so we wanted to discuss this topic of like, not that you're old, but like because you've done the second or third acts, like. 
do do we change as we get older? I mean, how do you adapt? Like I'm already getting scared at my age and I'm in my late 40s, right? right? Can I take on something new, right? And so maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and, and what you think about taking on new things as you go through your career. Yes, yes. So I took over, as you say, the Red Journal, which uh, most neurosurgeons know as neurosurgery. Um, uh, the Red Journal is about 40 years old, and I took it over about 10 years ago from the prior editor, uh, who had done a phenomenal job uh, growing the journal. And so my task was to build on that and, 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 and strengthen the journal, take it to, to new heights. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a remarkable journey. We've introduced a lot of new, inno innovative things, multimedia, advanced media techniques. We've changed the peer review system. Um, and we've introduced the third journal uh, just this past week. Wow, what's the third journal? Uh, the third journal is called Neurosurgery Open. It's a wholly open access journal. As you know, the open access mm -hmm. trend has been very, very strong over the last few years. So we just introduced this just last week. So shameless plug, okay, yeah. so Neurosurgery Open, we're going to go listen, John and I are going to go find this and we're going to start getting free articles, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's very exciting. Well, that's the nice thing about the open access is that it allows the, the dissemination of content right. without uh, financial barriers. So in other words, anybody can access an open access journal because there are no subscription fees that... That I, that I barrier to access. Like a democratization of right. knowledge. Right, it's very democratic. Yeah. But you're going to save the best articles you have to pay for, right? Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so, so this concept, so you're a neuroscientist, you're a professor of medicine and endocrinology. Yeah. So this concept of senescence, neurosenescence, I know like most endocrinologists I know, they're like doing like testosterone shots. Yes, like, you know, growth hormones. HGH, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So tell us about, so you're a neuroscientist too, so when you get older as a, as a neurosurgeon like, do, is it harder to learn new things? I mean, are you less creative? You know, what happens to the brain? I, I think, I think as uh, we, we all have a ticking time bomb, you know, the, the, you know uh, in, it's written sort of in our genes that uh, we're not designed to stay and live forever. Uh, right. That's just the facts of biology. But um, we don't have to live our last, you know, trimester, um, you know, being fossilized and undergoing senescence. And learning new things and uh, learning new tricks and being exposed to new concepts and trying new ideas and new, new adventures is, I think, is key to remaining young and youthful and, 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 and being able to um, reinvent oneself, as it, okay. as it were. Um, so you actively pursue reading, novel experiences. Novel experiences, reading. travel, talking travel. to new people, meeting new people, taking on new projects. Um, trying new uh, surgical approaches, if it's surgery you're trying to do, um, constant, constantly being exposed to the younger, youthful, more youthful generation, because they're a repository of ideas and so on. And that's a great so, benefit of being in academia. Yes, course, because yeah. there's, there's always a new student, a new resident, a new intern, and, and that's just the nature of, of, the, of the process. And so you get exposed to this, this incredible trove of, of, you know, new ideas. Yeah. How does a private practice do, the guy do that? How, you know, you're not in, like, well, let's say you're in a small town, right? Yeah, if, practice, you're in a right? Small, if you're in a small town and, um, and um, everybody's aging at the same rate or different rates and there's no new, new blood coming into the system, then it becomes increasingly more difficult to, to imbibe new ideas. Because first of all, you may not even hear about them. 
or get exposed to them, let alone um, um, in, in integrate them into your your thoughts and your your actions. So, I think that's one of the downsides. If 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 there was one uh, of being in a small town mm. or being in a small practice. But you you know that's a great thing about what you do as an editor, right? Because you know you think about what people can do, like listening to this podcast or reading the Red Journal, like. It used to be so hard to get yeah. information. We were going to Index Medicus, remember that? Absolutely. Going to the library, yeah, the right? Big red volumes, and I think two things that I've, I've that I've been able to benefit from as being um, editor um, in chief is that it provides you this enormous vista into the specialty. You, you just by virtue of being where you are, all the new ideas pass through because people want to publish and to disseminate their new ideas. So you get this incredible front row seat. To the, you know, the innovations that are that are coming along. Second thing is, that's been terrific is that because we have a peer review system, you are the beneficiary of the of the opinions and and um, of of the greatest leaders and in in neurosurgery, because they share with you their thought process in the peer review system. So it's like having um, a ringside seat to what's going on uh, without paying a fee. You know, yeah, you know, so. we're gonna have Jim Rutka on soon, who's the editor of JNS. Jim's an editor of JNS PG. Yeah, yeah, and and I want to give you guys equal time on this. I apologize because we're gonna talk to him about how to publish, right? right? Right. And and not to draw any differences between the two journals because to me they're equally valuable. Maybe you can tell some of the young folks out mm -hmm. there, like let's say you're in medical school. Why do I have to write these papers? Like, why do I need to get published? Right. Like, I I get it, but like how. A lot. I hear it a lot. The millennials, the Gen Zs, they're like, why do I need to go through all this? Right. I will right. eagerly take notes. Right, right. Well, I think the, the, the main reason to publish is to disseminate your, 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 your own ideas, whatever they may be, whether it's a new discovery or a new way of doing something or a better outcomes. This is share the knowledge, right? That's mm -hmm. the, fundamentally the number one reason to publish. Uh, second reason, obviously, is for selfish reasons. You may need it for a job promotion. You may need mm. it to get a new job, um, that sort of thing, um, or, or, or ascend the, the academic hierarchy. Um, grants, for example, grant support. A lot of granting agencies will look at your record of scholarly publication, and that will play into whether you get a grant or not. So there are some selfish reasons, but the most altruistic and the most universally beneficial reason is really to share your knowledge, right? Um, share it with other people. So they can do the same thing or something similar, uh, or they can understand the science better than they might have uh, ordinarily done without your inputs. Yeah. So you touched on something earlier. When you talked about being the editor, you see everything that comes through the journal. Right, right. Whereas as a reader, I only see what makes the final cut. Right, you only see so what makes the final cut, exactly. Give yeah. us and our listeners a little peek behind the curtain. What What are some big trends you see, either areas where there are fewer and fewer papers in a specific topic, or maybe something you see reaching an upswing? Right. Clearly, uh, I think the, the biggest um, areas of of inqu inquiry right now are in the functional restorative mm. neuromodulation domain. I think right now it seems like there's no, there could be no end to the innovation that comes along. There's a target for every right. symptom, right? Right, there's a target. We're understanding the brain circuitry better, we're yeah. understanding plasticity better, we're understanding mechanisms of development better, and it's just seem seemingly there's no end to it. So I think that one is a one area of, 
of tremendous uh, inquiry, both on the basic side, translational, and then the, the clinical side. So, you, you know, I, I, if I had to pick one area that seems to be the most uh, productive uh, mm. for the foreseeable future, that would be it. So I like very much how you bring that back to this issue in, in senescence. Do you think there'll ever be a brain implant for, for you know, for reducing senescence? Well, if you, you're all following the story. You've heard about the, 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 the organoids, right? The three-dimensional brain neuronal cultures, which almost seem to recapitulate brain circuitry. Um, and I think this is, this is beginning to come, sort of get closer to the ethics of, of research, you know. If you can put together a three-dimensional brain organism, if you will, they're called yeah. organoids, and that can intrinsically have its own circuitry and electrical activity, and who's to say where, you know, human consciousness and, and uh, begins and the organoids end, um, I think... This is really on, on, on the frontier of, of uh, neuroscience right now. We're going to have to bring you back because that's a big topic. Yeah. But most people are super lazy. And yeah. so what about the, the question everybody's thinking about now who's not a neurosurgeon? It's like vitamins. Like our buddy yeah. Joe Maroon selling all these products. Like, right. like what, what's your personal opinion? Like should I be taking all these like protective vitamins for my brain? Yeah. Fish well, oil, snake oil? Yeah. Well, you know, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, all we are is a bag of chemicals, right? I mean, that's all, all we are. We're just a, a bag of chemicals. So um, if you stretch, extrapolate from there, you might want to say that the best chemicals are the, are the good ones. You, you don't want the negative chemicals. So I would put vitamins in the, in the category of, of good chemicals. But, but the flip side of that story is that everything is a poison. It all depends on the dose, right? That's the, you've heard that before. Yes, and patients and so, don't seem to get that, right? You know, you right. Just, even water can be a poison, right? Too much of anything is, is, could be bad for you. So, yeah. But, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. that I, you know, that's such an important point, right? That these are just tools yeah, yeah. and elements of, of who exactly. we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So, so what are you doing personally in terms of trying to minimize the effects of? Uh, again, I don't want to. You know, it's not that that you're you're older. It's just what what are you doing? Because I'm worried about it. Like, what am yeah. I going to do about aging? Yeah. Well, I think you know the usual things, right? Diet, exercise, good living, um, yeah. avoid the bad things, keep as much of the good things. Um, I, I think exercise, I mean, I'm not a, an exercise wonk, but I try and do enough to keep myself reasonably protected from, um, you know, the natural things, you know, like loss of muscle mass, bone density, um, flexibility, and, and that sort of thing. And it also helps sleep and reduces stress. So, you know, it, we don't all have to be Charles Atlas, but at least we can. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Do you are you a runner? You like lifting weights? So I, I go I go to this little uh, um, studio um, that's on campus, and it's frequented by much younger people. So I get CrossFit. That, yeah. So I, <laughs> I have that impetus to you know to to at least get uh, uh, challenge what they're doing, right. uh, even though I can't keep up with everything. But I think that's really good, and they have a coach, and the coach kind of cracks a whip and tells mm. you to do a few more pull-ups and a few more push-ups and keep that plank going and Good. more squats. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. We always like to finish this podcast with like a, like maybe you can think of things that or one thing that, that you learned, some, some kernel of knowledge because we mm. want people to get informed. We're neurosurgeons, right? Yeah. So what, what in the past year, like some yeah. new thing besides the organoids, which is really right. cool, yeah. that really you, like, you're like, wow, that's, that's important to know. Everybody should know this. Huh. 
Well, that is really a challenge, yeah. In the mirror of all the things that I've come across uh, this past year, hmm. what you must know. I wish I'd prepared for that. There, there's so many things. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an that example, right? That one I, I can't come up with. There's a lot. There's the so last many one things. I was, was so I, I'm in my intern year right now. What would you say to yourself in your intern year? Oh, in my intern year? Thinking about you know, pursuing new experiences, right. staying fresh. Right. Well, in my intern year, I can tell you one thing. I, the one thing I wanted to do was to learn everything. Yeah. You know, it's like you're like an omnivore. You went to everything, every every uh, conference. Uh, you were there till late at night because uh, there were no duty hours in those days. So you just you were just there. You know, half of half of life is just showing up, right? So you were just there, and um, that was the one thing I did as a as a as, a, as an intern was just be there consistently. And uh, that way you never miss much, right? Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is, is uh, chance favors the prepared mind. You have mm, to be available. For sure. You just have to, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, showing up is the majority of the story. The rest of it is serendipity and, you know, that sort of thing. Great. Well, Nelson, this has been fantastic. And right. now I know we're going to go get the Neurosurgery Open, it's called? Neurosurgery Open, a new open access journal, just debuted this past week. Um, What's the website? It's www. It's uh, academic.neurosurgery.oup is, is okay. what it is. But if you typed in you know, Neurosurgery sure, Open, yeah. Oxford University Press, it would take you to our website. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. Submit. <laughs> we certainly will. All right. Thank well, you for great. your time, Nelson. It's been great talking yes. to you. Yes. Excellent. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>